Good morning, everyone. Welcome you all and welcome our friends that are joining online. I know there are some of you that join online every week and we're very happy to have you here with us. So I just start with that and then I'll read from Whispers from Eternity. This is Paramahansa Yogananda's book of prayer to bands and poems. This one is Worship of God as Sacred Joy Found in Meditation. O Father, from joy I came, for joy I live. In joy will I melt again. Thou art sacred perennial joy. Thou art the joy I seek. Thou art the everlasting joy of the soul. Teach me to worship thee through the joy born of meditation. Balance my worship with good action and teach me to shun all false pleasures which, siren-like, call to me through my misguided senses. So I heard a story, read a story recently, about a group of scientists who had gotten together and decided that humanity has really advanced to the point where we no longer need God. And (laughs) it's funny to all of you, but the scientists took it very seriously. (laughs) And so they chose one scientist to go and tell God. So this scientist goes and he says to God, you know, we're able to clone people and manipulate atoms. We can fly through space. We can do all sorts of miraculous things. We don't need you anymore. And God just listened patiently and he said, okay, if that's the case, let's have a little contest and see who can create the best human being. And the scientist said, great, no problem. And so he bends down and he picks up a handful of dirt and God says, oh, no, 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 get your own dirt. (laughs) And it's funny, but it's true because nothing exists outside of God. God didn't just create the universe and now it's ours. He became it. He became the universe. The reading from the Bible this week, in him was life and the life was the light of men. That life, that light, that's consciousness. That's God. And that life is in everything. That consciousness exists in everything, even the dirt. And, you know, I was thinking about the uh, in autobiography of a yogi, Master shares about J.C. Bose, the great Indian scientist, and the experiments that he did. He tested different stimuli on living and non-living matter. And what he found was that whether it was a plant or an animal or a metal, that all things have essentially the same responses to different stimuli. And what does that tell us? That everything is conscious. Everything is consciousness. Now, why is that maybe surprising to some people? Because there's this confusion that when we talk about life, it's the body or the brain that creates life, that's the prerequisite for life. And so we think of life as an effect, as the result of having a body or a brain. And what this reading is telling us is that life is the cause. Life 
that light, that consciousness is the source of everything we see in this reality. You know, we get so distracted and so convinced that what we see in this material reality is real. But what Yogananda tells us, what all of the saints tell us, is this is a dream. This isn't real, this is a dream. And that the true reality, the real reality, is that consciousness, is that divine consciousness. Swami Kriyananda wrote, explained in his book, uh, Awaken to Superconsciousness, that consciousness works through the brain, through the body, but it doesn't require the brain or the body to exist. Think about that for a moment. Consciousness works through this reality, but it doesn't require that to exist. That's a lot to chew on. But I think most of us wouldn't be here if on some level we didn't think that maybe there was more to life than what meets the eye. And there's some interesting examples in people who have had near-death experiences. Uh, someone in the community shared recently a video of someone who had had a near-death experience, and it was interesting series, actually, of different people from different walks of life, and I watched a couple of them this week, and it was interesting. They all had different life experiences, and almost universally, none of them really had any spiritual practices or spiritual awareness before, before they had their near-death experience, and the body died. Some of them even talked about seeing their flatline. And so something continued, some part of them continued to exist beyond the body. Some part of them continued to be aware. And what's interesting is most of them described it as being more aware that what they experienced in that expanded reality was more real than what they experience in their day-to-day. -day. So the thing is, though, we don't have to die to have that experience. The great news is that we have meditation. We have the path of Kriya. Because the whole purpose of meditation, the whole purpose of our practices is just that, to be able to expand our awareness, to see beyond this little limited reality, what we think is real, and to see the true reality, to tune in and experience that divine consciousness that's right here. I was going to say right there, but no, it's right here. <laughs> it's not out there. It's right here. It's in you. It's what created each one of us. It's not separate from us. And so it's this process of awakening more and more to that reality, that true reality. In Sanskrit, the name for God is Satchitananda, and Yogananda described that as ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. I mean, just to meditate on those concepts, that's who you are. That's what we're made of. So, what do we do about it? How do we have that experience? I want to focus on two things. One, which is what happens when we do tune into that divine reality, that divine consciousness, and how, how can we do that? 
So what happens when we tune into that divine consciousness, when we live more in remembrance of that divine consciousness? Well, we have many examples from the saints and the masters. Master once said, Yogananda once said to his foremost disciple, Rajasi Janakananda, don't forget where your power comes from. And Rajasi was a highly advanced yogi. He was a multi-millionaire. He was a successful businessman. And what was his response? Like a little child, I won't master. It comes from you. All of the success that he had and everything he did came from that remembrance. It came from that divine consciousness that flows through the guru. And he lived in that remembrance. What a beautiful example for all of us. Don't forget where your power comes from, where your joy comes from, comes from God. Now, not every devotee maybe is able to immediately live in that in the way that Rajasi did. And I love, and that's why I love the example of Yogananda's brother-in-law. He tells a story about his brother-in-law in Autobiography of a Yogi. So Yogananda was visiting his oldest sister, Roma, and she was telling him, my husband, he's, he just makes fun of the pictures of the saints and he's such a materialistic man. Can't you please help him? He's asking Yogananda to help, help her husband. And so Yogananda had an idea. He said, okay, why don't you come with me tomorrow to the temple at Dakshineshwar, which is a temple to Kali, to Divine Mother. I feel that Divine Mother will change him, but don't tell him where we're going. So they go to the temple, and as soon as they get there, the first thing that the brother-in-law is worried about is his lunch. And he says to Yogananda, make sure you make the arrangements with the temple officials for our lunch. And Yogananda says, I'm going to meditate. Don't worry about your lunch. Divine Mother will take care of it. And the brother-in-law, I'm going to read his words because just I have to get the direct quote. He says, I don't trust Divine Mother to do a single thing for me but I do hold you responsible for my food. <laughs> I don't think any of us would ever imagine saying something like that to the guru. It's pretty extreme. And yet, think about it. How often, maybe in just little ways, do we not trust Divine Mother? How often do we hold our spouse, our child, our coworker, our job, this world responsible for our happiness, for our success, for whatever it is that we're seeking? We've got things switched around. Well, Yogananda goes to meditate for many hours, praying, calling on Divine Mother to reveal herself. And just as he's seeing the temple doors close for lunch, he offers one more prayer. Please, won't you reveal yourself? I've been here all day, and I, I'm here on behalf of my brother-in-law. And so finally, Divine Mother reveals herself, and he 
has this beautiful ecstatic vision. And at the end of it, again, he prays, please change, please spiritually change my brother-in-law. And if my mother agrees, yes, I will. And so he comes out of this vision and he sees his brother-in-law coming towards him and he is enraged. You fool, you've been meditating this whole time and you didn't make the arrangements. Where is my food? Where is my lunch? It's all he can think about. And Yogananda says, Divine Mother will provide. And now he's really enraged. And he says, once and for all, I would like to see your Divine Mother giving us food here without prior arrangements. And just then, temple priest is walking over and he says to Yogananda, I've seen you meditating. I've seen the divine bliss as you've been meditating today. And when you arrived this morning, I felt to put aside enough food for you and all your party. It's against the rules, but I've made an exception. So the brother-in-law is just stunned to silence. And over the course of the next few days is completely converted but the lesson here is also in master's faith and his absolute trust in divine mother that he shows us again and again not just in this story but in many stories throughout the autobiography that he puts divine mother first that he understands the true source of all that we seek and that when you put Divine Mother first, she will provide, of course she will. But just be aware of how often maybe we have that brother-in-law consciousness, right? I don't trust Divine Mother to do fill in the blank. There's something in your life that you feel you have to do or you feel that someone else in your life has to do. But guess what? It's all Divine Mother, it's all her. It's all her consciousness. The last story example I wanted to give was from Swami Kriyananda, and there's many stories I could probably tell and that others could tell. But this one is one time when Swami picked up a hitchhiker, which he didn't do often, but he felt drawn to do this in this case. And the man gave him this long, hard luck story of, you know, my wife left me and I lost my job and I need money. And at the time, Swami was working very hard to earn money for the community and to establish the community. But he opened his wallet and he gave the man half of what he had. And the man said, oh, please, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you write down your name and your address so I can get this money back to you. I wouldn't want you to lose your faith in human nature. And Swami said, if I had any faith in human nature, I would have lost it a long time ago. He said, I put my faith in God. And it's true, the man never showed his face again. He never heard from him again. But God repaid that loan again and again throughout the years. So what happens when we tune into that divine consciousness, when we live more in the awareness and the remembrance of that divine consciousness, we achieve success in whatever we do. Every need we have is provided and we're never disappointed. We're never disappointed. 
So how do we cultivate that remembrance of that divine presence? Because it's a nice idea to talk about. I think we're all like, yeah, God's everywhere. This is good. Sunday morning, everybody's happy. But then <laughs> we have to go back into our day to day. So how do we keep that remembrance that God is in everything, not just on a Sunday morning, right? That's what's important. We have to put this into practice because this world is designed to distract us. Our senses are designed to make everything else seem more real, but it's not true. And so we just have to practice. That's all it is. So we have many different ways that we can practice. I'm going to focus on just a few. One, meditation. Do the techniques. Energization. Feel that divine energy. Hong Sa, feel that divine peace. Kriya Yoga, feel that divine joy. It's right there. And those techniques are designed to allow us to experience that divine presence. It's not something we have to go anywhere to get. It's right here. But most importantly, stillness. Leave more time at the end of your meditation. I'm just going to offer that as an invitation. Maybe you're busy and you do your techniques and then a couple minutes and you're off. I know I've been guilty of that at times. So maybe try leaving a little more time because that's the space where we can really rest in God. Yogananda said that when motion ceases, God begins. Just even to meditate on that thought. When motion ceases, God begins. Give yourself enough time to get really still. Any of you who have had that experience know, like sometimes it takes longer than we think, especially when we're so busy. The busier we are sometimes, the longer we need to rest in that stillness, to get back to that place of stillness. But that's where God is. That's where we can touch that experience. And then how do we take that into the rest of the day? Because most of us are not meditating all day, but hopefully morning and evening. And then throughout the day, have some practice, whether it's japa, repeating the name of God. Yogananda recommended the mantra Om Guru. Something that can draw your mind back, that can help you remember that little touch of stillness, that little touch of peace that you experienced in meditation. So find something, some mantra, some affirmation that can help you come back to that, touch back into that. When I was in the Living Discipleship Program, Naya Swami Savitri did a beautiful um, exercise with us where she took us out into the gardens up at the meditation retreat. And we weren't just walking around. She invited us to walk around and to notice every time we saw something or felt something or heard something or you know, had a thought to repeat to ourselves, this too is God. This too is God. So we weren't walking around very quickly. It was meant to be an exercise to really focus the attention. But we can bring that throughout our day. Anything, we're interacting with someone. We're writing an email. This too is God. Whatever it is, 
that we do as we go through our day to really remember there's nothing outside of God. There's nothing else. It's the only game in town. This, too, is God. And lastly, I wanted to suggest the practice of gratitude. Because when we're grateful, whether it's even just for our, to our friends or our family, but most of all, when we're grateful to God, it, it gets us outside of ourselves. It expands our awareness. You know, there's, it tunes us into the fact that there's, there's more, more to life than my little reality. When I'm grateful, I remember, oh, I'm grateful. You know, it's, it, you tune in and you remember what's outside of you. But when we're grateful to God, we can tune in and be in tune with that divine consciousness. So when um, we had just had a beautiful Christmas season and beautiful eight-hour meditation together, and so, but then, you know, we have to go and sweep the porch. We have to get back to work at a certain point. And I was very aware of not wanting to lose that experience of joy and of feeling that divine presence through the Christmas season. And yet the office somehow <laughs> just stinks, poof. So I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to really go into it consciously and, and take something with me that I could help, try to keep that alive as I went through the day. So I decided to set the alarm on my phone to go off every hour. And every hour I repeated an affirmation. And the affirmation I chose was the gratitude affirmation from Nayaswami Jyotish. So every hour my phone went off and I would pause whatever I was doing, even when I was with someone, um, and I would repeat to myself, I am grateful for my life exactly as it is. I am thankful for this day. I welcome every hour. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And it was so helpful because no matter what was happening, whatever challenge was coming up, whatever person I had to work with, I could welcome everything because everything is God. I could welcome everything as an expression of that divine consciousness. So some ideas for you to try and practice this week, to not just feel inspired now and then that's it, but to really take it forward with you into the week. Choose something. You don't have to do all the things. Just choose something that you can take it forward, especially you know, practicing gratitude and that affirmation, it really awakens that trust in Divine Mother, that trust in that divine presence. There's a story, I'll end with this story, which is of um, two disciples who went to Anandamoyama, and they were very concerned. They were government officials. This was in the 1940s when India and Pakistan were separating. And they were very worried, very concerned about the effects that would have and the suffering that it would cause and what should we do. And Ma listened and meditated for a long time. And finally she said, don't you think he who created the universe knows how to run it? It's a good reminder especially when we look around, whether it's in our own lives or in the world today, that divine consciousness, that divine presence is there taking care of everything.
taking care of you, everyone you know, this entire planet, every other planet, every other universe. It's way beyond anything we can understand with our little minds. So stop trying to understand. Stop trying to make sense of this world with our little perception. Practice meditation and tune in and see the world through that divine awareness, through that divine consciousness. And let's practice like Rajasi this week, not to forget where our power comes from, not to forget where that peace comes from, that joy, that love, whatever quality it is. It's all God. It's all God. God bless. Life is beautiful, life is gay When I give myself away When I live to please Thee, Lord Dancing in Thy ray Let me see Thee Thank you.